Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. All right, here we go. We are back doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 64, Saturday, February 12th, here on Salt Spring Island. This is Laura. I'm Keith. We're going to talk some hockey. There's some league news, there's some firings, and mainly a bunch of Canucks stuff. So, yeah, I take mean, it away. I just watched the Canucks beat the Leafs 3-2. to two. Woo! Uh, so that was pretty nice to see. Uh, the Canucks came out pretty good after their uh, bad start against the Islanders, which could be said in other ways. <laughs> but um, it was nice to see them respond, and then the Leafs did claw back and tie it up at two, and then the Canucks were able to take the lead and hold on to that lead. So that was nice to see. Uh, the Leafs are a good team. Um, so it's also nice to see them beat a good team because, again, part of like the kind of criticism that the Canucks play, uh, or good play in the last whatever since Boudreaux took over has been that they've been playing weaker opponents. Um, so it's nice to see them get a win against the Totally, Canucks. especially in this like this seven-game makeup stretch they've been talking about. That was the least winnable game. Yeah. So to yeah. get the win, it's pretty big. Yeah, and we were talking before this, and they play the two, uh, San Jose, Anaheim next week, and then Ottawa. And all three of those games are definitely winnable games, and the San Jose, Anaheim games are really big. For Pr- the, pretty much must-wins yeah. if they're going to make a push for the playoffs. Yeah. If they lose those games, it's done, I think. So let's hope that they win them and we'll keep it interesting for as long as we can. Yep, totally. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's a ton of Canucks stuff. I mean, Travis Hamnick made his return to the lineup for his mystery, whatever. Yep, um, fairly like unnoticeable, but that could be good or bad, I guess. Again, I don't think it's bad having Hamnick back. Obviously, the criticism of him is the amount that he makes and whatever it is that reason why he's not playing and no one really knows but i think if he's healthy he's a good addition to the canucks lineup i know a lot of fans don't like him i don't mind him um i I thought just in terms of defense with quinn hughes being out in the covid protocol it has been noticeable there's been jokes about it but it's true like oliver ekman larson has looked much more offensive and obviously he's been told like hey you need to step up in this role when Hughes is not here. He's not Quinn Hughes, but he is getting points and is getting chances and looking good. Mm-hmm. And that's nice to see. Uh, I also think Luke Shen has played really well in these last few games, and I would not be surprised to see the Leafs try to reacquire Hughes, um, no. Hughes. Shen uh, at the deadline. I think that's kind of someone that they would look at he's cheap they've had him before and for the type of role that they need in the playoffs he would fill it so we'll see uh i've been thinking about that for the last week and a little bit that we had been talking about back and forth is um it seems like noah yulson or Julson has yep. stepped in nicely and he's a bigger body and he can probably fill that role if they do trade shen out so. yeah and again i actually really like shen i'd be okay if they kept him for yep. what they're paying him and mm-hmm. the role that he's played on this team i think he's been good uh so he'll be one to watch as the deadline gets nearer here um but i think that's basically all the canucks news um yeah i mean they had the entertaining game against arizona but it was arizona yeah. so um, <laughs> it was fun it was fun and, and then, then the four start against yeah. the islanders which two of those three goals were just awful bad luck yeah. bounces but yeah. 
you can't you can't come out that slow either. No, so. and I mean the Canucks like to be kind of Debbie Downer here for a few seconds. There is definitely flaws in the Canucks game, and a lot of the reason why they have success <laughs> is because of Demko. And I mean we saw that again tonight where he made fifty saves. Yeah, like, he's been unreal. And I'm not saying Halak is a bad goalie, but it is noticeable when Demko isn't in the net. So. Just props, little props to Demko, um, and then maybe a little bit of con to the Canucks defense, but we've known that since the whole Benny era, the Canucks defense has been there. Yeah, Usually, for sure. So it's not new. Um, but yeah, there was league news that was interesting. We had two firings. Yeah, this we'll week. start with. I got the Habs jersey on. Yeah. We'll start with the Habs. Yeah. So I was honestly a little bit shocked, um, just because they just. Uh, just went to the him. final and extended Ducharme yeah. right after the final. For three years. Mm-hmm. So now they're paying three coaches, I believe, or is it four? I think it's three. I think it's Julian, three. Julian, Ducharme, and then now Marty St. Louis, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, they, they, have, they have that dud against the Devils, which I think is the ultimate reason why this happened. Because, yeah, this team is not good in Montreal. But to lose 7-1 is one thing. To lose 7-1 to the New Jersey Devils yeah. is another thing. They're not a good team. So it sends a message to the group, right, that you need to be a bit better. Yeah, and it's, uh, like you said, they're, they're suffering pretty bad from not having Price and Weber. But, like, expected to lose is one thing. But to lose in that fashion and, and like, what was it? It was 33 goals they laid in over six yeah. games or something. It was insane. So you can't lose like that. And they needed to change the message. And like you uh, informed me after the Harris St. Louis, <laughs> is they brought in uh, Le Cavalier yeah. as an assistant GM, so the, the Montreal Lightning are a thing. And yeah. we both wonder how much Le Cavalier had obviously been talking with yeah. Montreal and how much um, he had input on bringing in St. Louis as a coach because he doesn't have a Any ton experience. of experience. <laughs> yeah, he had some. Mind you, Hughes, right? Like their new GM, him and St. Louis had a, like their kids played together or something. Yeah. So there's some connection there. Yeah. Um, and people say that when they saw them together, or people who know both of them weren't surprised by this hiring. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it is Ken Hughes or how much it is, yeah, Le Cavalier saying, hey, here's my buddy. And yeah, and I mean, um, he only in the NHL level had the experience as like a power play advisor or special teams advisor in Columbus for a year. But yeah. Tortorella did come out and say that he pushed really hard to yeah. try and get him to stay full time. And, yeah. he, and he didn't, didn't want, want to. to. So. Yeah, He's obviously not an idiot. No, I think, like, honestly, the fact, like, okay, Marty St. Louis had a very successful NHL career, and he's been involved in hockey his entire life. Yes, he doesn't really have any coaching experience besides coaching his kids, or whatever the joke is, but obviously he's not an idiot. And listening to his press conference, he did... He made some points that were interesting, I thought, and it sounds like he's going to bring that same passion and kind of underdog attitude to being a coach that he did to being a player. I mean, it's still odd. I'm not going to say it's not odd (laughs) because there's probably people out there that would be more qualified. But again, if you're bringing him as the intern for whatever, these last two, three months here, see what he can do. It's if not now, when kind of thing for him. So Mm -hmm. it's his shot. People have been pointing to Rod Brindamore as having kind of a similar entrance into coaching. But I think Brindamore did work as an assistant for a bit. I think he did too. Anyway, so you never know. Um, And I will say for Montreal, specifically for Cole Caulfield, I think it's, 
it might be worth it just for him to have Marty Sandley for these two months to get his confidence back. Yeah, right? he's got two goals since he came yeah. in. So, that, you know, triples the season total. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, we saw it in Vancouver here with Patterson, but when people or these skilled players lose confidence, it can really dramatically affect their games. And yeah. I think for Cole Caulfield, that was a lot of what was going on. So probably having him for his coach is going to be really motivating. So so just to stay on Montreal real quick, I know we talked about Toffoli to Calgary before yeah. as a heavily rumored yeah. thing, the Daryl Sutter connection. Yeah. I actually read this week that if not Calgary, yeah. LA is making a heavy push for the I reunion. I also saw that. And that makes sense, right? Yeah, they want a little more scoring. Yeah. So I could see it, but it seems like to fully getting traded is like him and Sherrod are probably the most likely guys to go. And I mean, it makes sense too, right? Because Toffoli has term and it's a very nice package yeah. for Mets fans. No. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would prefer if he went to LA because I don't know if I can handle him going to Calgary. Too many Canucks. <laughs> There's too many ex-Canucks there. It's too <laughs> confusing for me. So, I mean, yeah. Just side note, props to Markstrom because he's just having an unreal season. Yeah, what well, was there? His sixth shutout? His eighth. eighth shutout? Yeah. yeah. He has I'm more shutouts than the Montreal Canadiens have wins or wow. the same amount. I can't remember. It's one of the two. Yeah, it's, it's paying off in the hockey pool yeah, for me. Yeah, <laughs> So, uh, moving on, so keeping with the coaches, yep. uh, the tire fire that is the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers moved yeah. on to their, like, fifth coach in <laughs> McDavid's seven-year career, I think it is. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so they fired Dave Tippett. They bring yeah. in their AHL Bakersfield coach, Jay Woodcroft, who apparently has really high reputation yep. working with Hockey Canada and working within the NHL and the AHL so far. Um, they say Evan Bouchard is kind of going to get the Caulfield boost and yep. like play better and get better power play minutes and this and that. Um, and they needed to do something. I don't know if it's the right move. I think we both agreed forever that like addressing the defense and the goaltending is yeah. the right move, and now they've not done that again when they brought in Evander Kane, got a new coach. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I like. I mean, Ken Holland is a question mark for me these days. I think Ken Holland knows that if if the Oilers miss the playoffs, he's done. Oh, he has to know that. For yeah. Sure. So what he's hoping for is, I mean, the Oilers are in a similar-ish position to the Canucks right now, although they're better off because. They haven't played as many games, but in terms of points, they're sitting right around the same amount. Mm-hmm. And so he knows there's a chance that third spot in the Pacific is kind of up in the air. Yeah. Anaheim, well, Anaheim's not even in it right now. They're in the wild card. But right now it's like LA, Calgary, and Vegas. I think Calgary's probably going to end up winning the division unless um, Eichel comes back and makes a big splash for Vegas. They haven't been playing that great. So those two stops, two top spots, I think, for sure are locked up. LA is a question mark for me. They've kind of been gifted that spot right now because no one else is in it. Yeah. And then Anaheim's kind of clinging on um, to the wild card, which I think it's probably going to be two central teams. Anyway, total side note. So I get, <laughs> I get the idea that maybe if you get that like Goudreau boost with the Canucks got or bump, that <clears throat> you can push this team into the playoffs and maybe save his job for one more season. But I honestly feel like if you're Daryl Cates and you see this team and as we've said, you know, we're not working in hockey and we can pick apart the flaws of this team very, very easily. Totally. So you got to think that whatever happens, unless they win the Stanley Cup, I think that they're going to have a new GM this offseason and then he'll hire a new coach and 
who knows, maybe it will be their NHL guy that they brought down, but... Yeah, they'll probably yeah. give him at least a full year, you'd think, after this one. Yeah, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. <laughs> but, you know, it is funny, I've seen all sorts of articles about when are we going to start talking about McDavid as a coach killer like we talked about Ovechkin <laughs> early in his career, and it is true, like, yeah. McDavid has had a lot of coaches, but... He also hasn't He's had, not the problem. No. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> anyone's going to say problem. that. Yeah, I mean, the Tyson Berry contract was a, a poor decision. Yeah. Bringing in Duncan Keith was a poor decision. Yeah. Giving Darnell Nurse $9.5 million <laughs> for, like, the rest of ever yeah. is awful. So their their blue line is screwed, and there's so much money tied up, and it's very similar to Vancouver. Yeah. Um, it sucks for them. Yeah, it sucks for them. It's funny. For, As Vancouver yeah. fans, it's great. Yeah. Because um, it seemed like McDavid and Drysaddle were going to dominate the division yeah. for years. So it's kind of fun to see them stumble. And if they do miss the playoffs, I will be very interested to see if McDavid won't try. Yeah. That's my excitement that yeah. I'm hoping for. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. You never know. Um, so you mentioned Anaheim. Yeah. So we'll quickly tour over to them because they finally hired a GM. Right. Um, they got Pat Verbeek in, yeah. which I think is a good hire after doing some reading because apparently not publicly, but quietly, Steve Eisenman has been saying he's ready for years. He followed Eisenman over from Tampa Bay. Right, yeah. um, and he's, you know, obviously a student of his and they work together and he's a smart guy. So um, on the surface, without knowing too, too much about it, it seems like it's a good hire. And it'll be interesting to see, like, he's got three players to really decide on here moving into the deadline. If Anaheim's going to make yeah. the playoffs or not. Yeah. Lindholm, Manson, Raquel. Yeah. I feel like regardless where they are, they might move Raquel no matter what. I think so. I, I think the smart money for him would be try to resign Lindholm. And I bring this up to relate to Canucks fans as, like, him and Drysdale are, like, I think it's the, the first or either second most paired together minutes for the right. season defense pair. Okay. And Drysdale's playing quite well offensively yeah. as a young guy. And we just saw what happened to Hughes when Tanev left. Yeah. And I feel like they it's want to avoid that. They they might want to, you know, like, what is he, 28, Lindholm? Yeah. And they might be, you know, iffy to give him all the term, but... It might be worth it. It might be worth it. So that's going to be interesting to see, especially if they start to fall out of the playoff race, what they do with him. I mean, the other thing that's interesting with Anaheim, too, right, is, like, I think both of us in our preseason rankings or whatever had them last in the Pacific, and regardless if they make the playoffs or not, I kind of view them a bit like Detroit in the sense that I feel like they might think they're further along their rebuild than even they expected. Right. So a guy like Lindholm, at the beginning of the season, I assume everyone thought, yeah, we're going to trade him, but... Now, when you think, okay, we've stayed competitive, we're in the race, you know, Zegers is getting better, Drysdale's getting better, we're bringing in these young guys, we still have John Gibson, who's yeah. a very good goalie. Exactly. Maybe it is worth it to resign Lindholm. I'm mm -hmm. not too sure what their cap situation is like, but I don't think it's awful. Not yet, no. So, they are trying to save money for these kids, because yeah. they're going to all make lots. A lot, yeah. But so. um, I can see them moving Manson. Because he's like 30 now all of a sudden, which it feels it's like he crazy. got drafted yesterday. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much in like interest in Manson too. It's like, again, I feel like for sure Manson and Raquel, and I could see them either keeping or trading Lindholm, depending on what they get offered. But mm -hmm. yeah. And I mean, they've drafted so high and so well the last few years. They they have the players who can move in to fill those spots for Raquel and Manson, I feel like. Yeah. Ma yeah. Mainly Raquel. Like, forward, they have a ton of young yeah. guys who could slide up there, I feel like. 
So the other things are, are redundant, obviously. I was going to say, that's all I got for Anaheim, but it'll be interesting to watch them moving forward the next six weeks here. Yeah, the other thing I was going to bring up with going back to the Canucks, which I also forgot happened this week, was they hired their second female um, AGM. Oh, Cammy Graham. Graham. Oh, so yeah, that yeah. was kind of cool. And she was scouting for the um, Kraken. Yeah. So she comes over and joins their front office in Vancouver. And so far, everything I've read has been pretty positive. So it's good to see. And, and, and what's really, really nice um, about this whole thing is like, the Aquilinis have opened the checkbook for Jim Rutherford to build out a big, yeah. proper front office. Not after like what was before. Well, right. How much do we complain about the Jim and John show? And, like, what did John Weisbrod do? And, and what does everyone else do? Like, it just seemed like a two-man show. And, like, you, you can't run it that way. Especially, I know we've talked about on this podcast before, the Tampa Bay Lightning have such a big front yeah. office. And look how successful they are. Like, you have to have... And I do also like how they're, as you say, that they're being right up front with what the responsibilities are for each of these yep. AGMs, which is pretty cool to see. And he's, you know, for a guy who's, for an old guy who's worked in hockey his whole life, like they said this on the broadcast tonight too, it's like, he's been very progressive with his hires. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. And, totally. Um, you can't, you can't argue that he's not going with the times. So we'll see how this new look front office does and it's exciting to be a Canucks fan and to feel like there's some confident people in there for once. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I totally have like already so much more faith and belief in this team and they haven't done anything except hire people, but yeah, yeah. it's going to be good. I think I got a good feeling moving forward. Um, other league news. We'll hop over to Boston real yeah. quick and probably most of hockey fans saw Marshawn, you know, sucker punch Tristan Jory in the head and then come back at him and try to high stick him in the face. And, you know, basically the Penguins didn't do anything about it, which Which sucks. And now the prediction is like the Penguins are going to make a move for a uh, enforcer type player because they don't have anybody to go destroy a Marchand. Um, Well, it is also interesting because it's very possible that that could be a first round playoff matchup. That's true. So yeah. that would be something. I, I mean, I would watch that series now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my unpopular opinion with it was I like I read about it before I saw it. And so I had, I think, just this idea in my head that it was like awful. And based again, based on his history, no argument. He should have been suspended. But I actually thought six games was excessive. So. He did appeal it. It'll be interesting to see if they knock it down. Oh, I didn't know they appealed it. Yeah, he appealed it. He came out and he's like, yeah, none of these plays were actually going to injure anyone and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, he appealed it. We'll see what happens with that. But it was an interesting night. And then there was the other suspension in the Minnesota game where Marcus Foligno like needs someone in the head yeah. and see the two, if you look at those two plays back to back to me, the one with the knee in the head was more intense. Yeah. But again, obviously I get it. It's Marchand and he probably should realize that if he does anything remotely gray area, he's going to get the book thrown at him. Yeah. So I think comparing those two, like the, the two things I'd point out is it's a twofold thing. One, <laughs> Marchand has six previous suspensions and five previous fines yep. for, you know, doing yeah. dumb shit. And Felino doesn't. Yeah. Has none, right? And also, Felino needs another player in the head, whereas the league wants to protect goalies. I so, know. I know it was just a sucker punch, but based on how well Jari's played and how DeSmith has been terrible, 
you I know, imagine that sucker punch no, way enough strains his neck, and then he's out for weeks. Yeah. And the Penguins have, to have like, crappy goaltending. Yeah. No, I know. It can turn their whole season pretty quickly, so. It is, a, it's totally a goaltender thing, more than a Marshawn yeah. thing, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, controversial, and yeah. I'm totally happy to see him out for six games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no complaints there from the league. Yeah. So, yeah, other league news? I think that's it. I feel like I did think about something else and then I forgot. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like that's probably it. For we always throw it in our next one. And yeah. then uh, let's just end with a quick little rapid fire coming to the deadline. Okay. Let's say Canucks fall out of contention. Yep. Neither of us want that. We want to see an entertaining run and they make the playoffs. But let's say they don't. Yeah. Traded or not traded? Yeah. Okay. Garland? No. Besser? No. Horvat? No. Miller? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, you want to keep going? Yes, Mott. Yes. Okay, uh, Palak. No. Spencer Martin. No. Okay, I don't know if I have any more. Ruby Shen. Yes. Uh, and Travis Hamonic. No. Okay. Brad Hunt. No. Okay. We've got a couple in there, though. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. We'll Knock see. on wood. They, yeah. They pull it off and they do a big run here. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch them. Yeah. Watch them go on a run here. I just hope. I hope that it's good and it's not heartbreaking. Uh, uh, quickly, <laughs> final note. I yeah. do want to say on this, but also to you, I think must-watch hockey will be the next Winnipeg-Minnesota game. Oh, yeah, totally. Because that was such an intense game. Yeah. And, like, they had the double scrap for two fights going on at once that doesn't really happen yeah. anymore. And, like, it was just angry it was hockey. Insane, yeah. Um, so I think the next, the next game between those two teams is going to be... It's going to be good. And yeah. they have that cross-border thing going on, like what mm -hmm. we hope the Canucks and the Kraken are going to have. Totally. It's good. I would love to see that as a playoff series. I think that would be sick. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Okay. Cool. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, we've done another episode <laughs> of Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 64. So thanks, everyone, for watching. Come back next time. Woo!